0: Welcome to Pursuing Biblical Masculinity, a podcast where we explore God's word to uncover the disciplines we need to live out our faith. Our goal is to help men not just know scripture, but to help them put it into practice so they can stand firm during life's trials. So whether you're a longtime Christian looking to grow deeper in your faith, or a new believer looking to build on a solid foundation, you are in the right place. Today we're gonna be talking about what we value and what we value most in our lives. And that's a question that we all need to ask ourselves probably more often than we do. What am I valuing most in my life? In our Western culture, there's a number of values that seem to run through uh, what we believe and what we do. Things like upward economic mobility, the desire to go from the class you're in to the class above you or beyond. Maybe it's personal growth, Maybe it's the pursuit of individualism and being your own self and your own person. Maybe it's political or cultural aspirations that bring about your worldview to more people. But if we really look at all of these different ideas and values, most of what we see in our culture today is driven by self. This is also seen in our theology. Many professing Christians speak the gospel with their mouths, or at least parts of it, but their actions show a very different story. Their desires are for the things of this world instead of the things of the world to come. And today, that's what we're going to be discussing. Where do we lay our treasures? And the text we're looking at is Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. And it says this, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also the eye is the lamp of the body so if your eye is healthy your whole body will be full of light but if your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness if then the light in you is darkness How great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. A lot of times this text is is used primarily in the area of finances, but really Jesus is looking bigger than just finances. He's looking at where our heart places its value, where our heart seeks to be filled. And if we're looking at earthly treasures, we are looking at things that are temporal. These things will not last. He says, moth and rust destroy, thieves break in. These treasures don't stand the test of time. Instead, he compares that with heavenly treasures, which are eternal. Now, what are these heavenly treasures? We, we looked at these in chapter 5 of Matthew in the Beatitudes. These blessings that come as a result of a life directed towards God. Those are the treasures that are eternal. Those are the treasures that cannot be stolen, that cannot break down or lose their value. And what we value or desire the most in our lives directs our actions. It's like a compass inside of our hearts. These values, these desires dictate everything that we do. And it really proves to ourselves, but also to those around us, what we actually value. So jesus begins to give this really interesting analogy uh, talking about our eyes and really asking us this question of, of what are we consuming because what we consume points to those values he says that the eye is the lamp of the body so when your eye is healthy your eye can see clearly right because the light is being let in and that light is what allows you to see clearly but if your eye is bad Maybe there's a cataract or something destructing the way that your eye is functioning. You don't see as clearly. And, and many times you you just see darkness uh, if you're completely blind, right? But I also think this is pretty interesting from a spiritual perspective as well. When we focus on something or we desire something, it's what we see all the time. Uh, there's, this, there's this thing called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. Some of you guys may be aware of this without actually knowing the terminology. And it's when you learn something new or maybe you want something, you start to see it everywhere. Maybe you just bought a new car and before you never saw this car but now you see the car everywhere. Uh, Or maybe you heard a phrase and it's the first time you've ever heard the phrase and you're like, wow, that's really cool. But now you look around and you see it everywhere. Our mind starts to pay attention to things that we either desire or want or have created some sort of um, value in our lives and a lot of times this happens when we want something we want something new but we don't yet have it we start to see it everywhere and our heart starts to desire it and again this can be a positive thing or a negative thing when we desire the lord we begin to see the lord in everything we begin to see him in the clouds and in the trees in nature in our conversations in our relationships in his word the lord just is more visible in everything around us it's not that things have changed it's that our compass our eyes are fixed on healthy things but it can also be negative. When we fixate on the things of the world, we begin to see those, and they begin to consume our mind and consume our heart and really block out the blessings of who God is around us. So the big question is, since we all serve something, who or what are we actually serving? And this is where Jesus gets into the really conflict part of this scripture, saying that no one can serve two masters. It's impossible. You're going to love one or hate the other. And so if you're striving after the things of the world, but then you have a a Christian background or a Christian training, you can begin to have some conflicts in your belief system and you can't fully serve the Lord when you're going after the things of the world. Now, this doesn't mean we don't try to grow. This doesn't mean that we don't try to um, use the gifts God has given us to their maximum effectiveness, but it's why are we using those gifts? What is the and the purpose of us using this? Is it to further the kingdom of God? What is our chief end, right? We've talked about that. And if not, we really need to have a reset because the Lord, Jesus, uh, in just a few verses is going to give us this verse, which says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It's not saying you're going to get everything you want, but it's saying seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then let the Lord bless you The way the Lord decides to bless you. Our desire must be for the Lord. He must be our master. And out of his goodness and out of his grace and mercy, he will bless us. Sometimes that blessing will be here in this life. Sometimes it won't be. Uh, And we, we need to learn to be content with what the Lord does, no matter what we feel in those given situations or whether we think we're entitled to, but still honor him and serve him because we love him and because we know that he does have our best in mind, and that eventually we will be with him in paradise. Paul puts this really well in Philippians 4, 12. He says, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance in need. And that secret is Jesus. The secret is keeping his eyes, keeping his heart's compass focused on Jesus, and putting his treasure in heaven, and in the hands of God, and not into the things of earth. We find our true joy, our true meaning, our true treasure in being sons of God. So let's talk about some practical applications. And the first is we need to take time and ask ourselves this question, what do we value the most? Not from a surface level, but really take some time to think about it. Where do you place your value? And if it's not the Lord, which for me, oftentimes it's not, I have to go to this place too, where I repent and spend some time repenting and saying, God, I'm, I'm sorry that I've put idols ahead of you. Forgive me for being sinful in this area and help me to turn from it and help me to keep my eyes focused on you and help me to seek you first. And then start to do daily check-ins. Just become aware of where your focus is. Because if we don't think about these things and we don't check in with ourselves, we end up getting in ruts and we end up doing things just because that's the way we do them. Jesus is calling us to a radical life of transformation where we die to ourselves daily. And instead of seeking ourselves and individualism and all the things a culture wants for us to do, we seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. One of the best ways to begin to change your behavior is to have mentorship, coaching, and accountability. If you're looking to grow from where you are into the man you know God has called you to be, and you're interested in learning more about coaching and mentorship, Go to our website, reformedandredeemed.org, and fill out the form for a free discovery session. I'd love to sit down and talk with you about how coaching and mentoring can benefit your spiritual walk.